Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm your guest bailiff, Paul F. Tompkins. This week, Feliz Gravitas. Nissa brings the case against her brother, Roland. They've decided to break family tradition this year and do something different for Christmas. Nissa wants to host a gathering at her house. Roland wants to start a new tradition of seeing a certain series of movies about space battles. Each thinks their own version would be the ideal Christmas. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and issues the obscure cultural reference. He brings it up again, the famous apple crisp incident of 2010. He motions for more gin and he loudly criticizes your cousin Jane who cries all the time anyway. And then he borrows Nana's car and staggers in at 3 a.m. with a new girlfriend. This one barely speaks. She studies cosmetology at Pismo Beach and she's got a Hitler neck tattoo. You know your Judge John is going to ruin Christmas again. Please don't invite Judge John. You know Judge John is going to make a mess of things. We won't feel better till he's gone. Guest bailiff Paul F. Tompkins, would you please swear in this week's litigants? You got it, Judge. Nissa and Roland, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? We do. I do. <laughs> yes, please speak for yourselves. That's how swearing in works. You can't, you can't do a blanket swearing to an oath. Do you swear to abide by Judge Sean Hodgman's ruling? I do. I also do. I threw a little sauce on it. Thank you. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Nissa and Roland, you may be seated. First of all, may I just say hello to guest bailiff Paul F. Tompkins. Paul, thank you for joining us here in the virtual courtroom of fake law that is the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're made up honor. It is always my pleasure. It is incredible uh, to have you, and you are busy with all sorts of things, as you are always, the great Spontanea Nation podcast, which is mandatory listening in the John Hodgman household and ear holes, and also uh, the live shows that occur once per month, I presume, uh, at the Largo Theater in Los Angeles. All of this is correct so far? That's all true. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Is there anything else that is going on that I can talk about? Just my quilting. Whoa, that's right, everybody. Paul F. Tompkins is one of the great quilters of the world. If you go to greatquiltersoftheworld.co.nz, it's a New Zealand website, you will see that he is among the top nine quilters. I am about to quilt my own roll of toilet tissue. P.S. Anyone who actually goes to that website, let me know what it actually is. <laughs> I, I hope... I hope sincerely that it is not racist. Yes, God bless now us. Now moving on. Everyone. Uh, speaking of God bless us, everyone, uh, which is a uh, holiday saying uh, that's tossed around by lame, poor children in England um, who get a free goose once a year from an angry old man. Uh, this is a Christmas-themed uh, show. Boy, oh boy, it's becoming... It's coming earlier every year. I, I, barely, I barely got... <laughs> My Halloween decorations up on September 1st and then down on September 15th for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so Nissa and Roland, uh, before we begin, for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors, can you name the Christmas-themed obscure cultural reference that I quoted as I entered the virtual courtroom? Nissa, you bring uh, this case before me for justice. You get first crack at this. Please don't get it right. 
I'll do my best. Um, I am not sure. It sounded like maybe a Christmas episode of This American Life. I'm not sure. Uh, thank you for your guess. Without commenting on its correctness or not, Roland, will you please uh, make a guess? Uh, it sounded like uh, Stephen King. So that's my guess. I am relieved to say all guesses are wrong. I'm glad to say it is not Stephen King, uh, nor is it. What was your guess again, Nissa? Uh, this American Life. This American Life. It is not either of those things. It is actually the lyrics from a song called Uncle John on the album One Christmas at a Time, the collaborative Christmas album by friends of the show, Jonathan Colton and John Roderick. And, uh, and it is a great album uh, that is still available on all of your major record album buying platforms. And as we get into Christmas, because my goodness, as of this recording, September 17th, it is just around the corner. Won't you please go out and buy that album and listen to that wonderful song? So, uh, Nissa, you bring this case before uh, fake court. Uh, what is your beef with Roland, who is your brother? Yeah, so we are trying to rebrand our Christmas this year. Um, our family has traditionally celebrated Christmas in the same way for about 60 years, where you get up really early and you open the same stockings and eat the same food and listen to the same Christmas carols. And it starts at around 10 a.m. and goes until about 10 p.m. And, and this all happens at, where? At our grandmother's house. Okay. And now you're canceling Christmas for grandma and you want to start a new kind of Christmas because you're not, you guys aren't in dispute over old style 10, 12 hour Christmas at, at grandma's. You are in dispute over what's going to replace it. Is that correct? That is exactly it. Um, our goal is to not do Christmas at grandma's house in the same way ever again. Uh, right. We're trying to come up with a new way to celebrate Christmas in a new tradition. And is your grandma still living? She is indeed. Okay, so you're just saying later for you, Grandma, we're doing it different. Well, Thank, yeah. Thanks for the memories. So yes. what is the primary issue of dispute between you and Brother Roland that you would bring to this court? And what would you have me order him to do or not do? So we both have two different ideas about how we can rebrand Christmas. I want to host Christmas at my house where I can control how long people are there and I can control what happens during the day. Uh, Roland wants to avoid the entire event altogether and just go see the new Star Wars movie. Why, why, why doesn't you want to participate in your festival of control? <laughs> <laughs> Fair question from Bailiff Paul at Tompkins. It just sounded like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Roland, your sister would have me order that you do not go to see Star Wars on Christmas and instead go to her house. Why is this unreasonable? Sure. Um, I think that most of the issues arise during Christmas, not from the location, um, but rather the uh, well-entrenched uh, traditions um, that seem to be causing the problem. So uh, my whole thing is... Well, what is the... We just, what is the... Okay, go ahead. Oh, sure. I'll, Would you like you. me to get into the details? Well, I, first of all, I, I kind of want to know what, what the 
problem is with current Christmas mm. that, it, that, it, that is causing this uh, filial or grand filial and grand sororial <laughs> rebellion. Sure. Um, that I presume you feel is going to be carried over to your sister's Christmas, leading you to want to cancel Christmas altogether and go enjoy it with BB-8. <laughs> formerly known as Baldroid. Isn't that right, Paul? That's correct. He's got to roll on out of here. All right. Now you talk. Robin. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, the, there's a several issues. Um, Let's not have several. <laughs> okay. There are, there answer, are this, answer this question. <laughs> what are the, what are the, I'll, I'll forget two. What are the top three? <laughs> what are the top three problems okay. with grandma's Christmas that, that you fear are just going to be replicated over at Nissa's house? Number one, or in no particular ranking, first one is what? First one is too many gifts. Um, so uh, our family uh, likes to show love and uh, Christmas spirit through more and more gifts. Um, and each year it becomes a larger problem. And uh, for my family, we actually just uh, finished reading. You had discussed this book a couple of times on the air. But uh, the Marie Kondo book uh, about uh, decluttering, and as we've just decluttered a whole lot, it seems to be counterproductive to then add a bunch more clutter at the end of the year. So that's too that's many one of the uh, too many garbage gifts expressing love through materialism. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Got it. Next, another one is this is not necessarily a shortcoming of my family, but maybe me is that. I have a hard time uh, during the holidays making conversation for that long because typically you've got Thanksgiving and you've got all the build up to Christmas and over that time you're like potentially you know closing in on a dozen family events and by that time I'm kind of worn out and I would rather Christmas Day be sort of a well it's all over now we can just relax uh, as opposed to no no no. Right. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. equals too long slash Roland hates talking to his family. Got it. Next. <laughs> uh, sure. And next is, uh, yeah, just as Nissa said, there's a whole bunch of traditions that have just kind of uh, been a little too well-worn. Um, same Christmas songs, uh, playing games while people pop in and out of the room and then we're just waiting there while it's their turn. What kind of games? The old pop in and out of the room game? <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, there will be uh, several different games, some of them from the 60s. Um, mm -hmm. The names are escaping right now. I don't like, know. Uh, You're talking about careers? like careers? Careers? Are these like party games, like charades, or are these board games like Sorry or Monopoly or Scrabble? Like board, board games. And careers is kind of like life plus Monopoly that they stopped making because it's not fun at all. Oh, so not just board <laughs> games, but es esoteric vintage dead board games indeed right. mystery, mystery date does that ever show up in the christmas Ooh. rotation 
if we had it, we would definitely be playing it. <laughs> Got it. So the rule seems to be just as long as it's old. As long as the packaging is yellowed by time, we are playing that game. <laughs> Correct. So, Roland, your your third reason Christmas is terrible is too many, too much singing and playing of games. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> right. Now, do you live on top of a mountain with a dog? And do you have an, an abnormally kind of. small heart? Actually, that's not. Um, the first two parts of those, yes. The second, third one, I don't think so. Maybe go to the doctor and see okay. what size your heart is. So is your, is, your, uh, is your beef, first we do the beef, then we find the crux. Is your beef with your sister that she's just going to replicate grandma's horrible, long game and music-filled annual tradition in a sort of lighter version at her house, and therefore you just want to cancel the whole thing? Yeah. I My concern is that while moving to a new venue may shorten the day, I feel like it will just be a shorter version of that day that does not work for me. At all? Not really at all, no. Uh, the, the, the memories and the feelings are just so, uh, so strong that I feel like we really need to shake things up to <laughs> get on a better path. I, how old are you? Uh, 28. So you have 28 12-hour days <laughs> of Christmas. Most which of is which a, you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> 28 12-hour days of Christmas, which is that, that great new Christmas carol we're writing. <laughs> And you, and you figure, I've, had, I've got enough memories. I got this one down. <laughs> yeah. Nothing new under the sun for this, for this holiday. I'm going to go start a new tradition and go to the movies, right? So, how, so you're 28 years old. Nissa, how old are you? 31. 31. And where in the world do you live, Nissa? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Both of you, Roland? Correct. Right. And the whole family is from uh, is from the uh, the food truck state. I think that's what it, I think that's the motto, right? <laughs> that that is nickname. correct. Right. What is the nickname of Oregon? Uh, the Beaver State. The Beaver State. Right. OK. Uh, OK. So you, Roland, do you have any children? Do you have any? I, I do. I have three children. And are you currently married to a human? I am currently married to a human. Sure, you're a family. You're a family man. Yeah, you're not. You're not just some twenty-eight-year-old loner who's going to bob off and watch uh, and watch uh, episode seven by himself. You're going to take your kids. This is true. So your idea of Christmas 2015. Here I am dating what is perhaps the most timeless podcast, the Judge John Hodgman podcast. But there it is. <laughs> your idea of Perfect Christmas for this year is just lay it out for me. I know I got the Star Wars part. Walk sure. me through the day. <laughs> so during the morning, we'll have still Christmas with the kids, um, giving them their, you know, uh, gifts in the morning. Um, well, gifts or gifts because, yeah, you're going you're gonna to shut it down, right? You're shutting down materialism in your house. That is true. Um, Normally, the kids do not get a, an extreme amount of gifts. Anyhow, uh, I would consider it reasonable, especially when considering the amount that uh, my family gives. 
Um, so I don't want Christmas to be unenjoyable for my children. Um, so I'm not going to say you get no gifts this year because we're being minimalistic. Um, no, it'll be like a little a little sense. house on it'll be like a little house on the prairie style gift. Like you get a quarter and an apple and a kerchief. <laughs> you get a yeah. do- you, you get a doll made out of the mop. <laughs> I'd say it's a 2015 version of that. Okay. And then all right, so but all right, we, we're going to give some modest gifts and then what? Uh, and then have a nice relaxing morning, and then uh, mid-afternoon, uh, finding an appropriate time where everyone can take care of their holiday morning business, and then we can all meet up, uh, get together my family, my sister's family, and uh, the older generations of our family can meet up at the theater, see Star Wars. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to bring a handheld gift. You know, something small to bring to the theater, they can do so, but it is not uh, necessary. And then at the end, we say that was hilarious and enjoyable, and now we are going to go home and relax. And to whom, whose home will you go? Uh, our respective homes. You're going to separate at that point. Yes. So it would only so, so the Christmas celebration for the family would last the duration of the film. And the brief handheld gift exchange beforehand. Yes, I think it's perfect because it keeps talking down to a minimum, <laughs> and we can all still bond over the joy of Star Wars. But silently bond, and then at, at the end, when the when the credits roll, uh, does everyone silently get up and walk out, not looking at each other? I'm not going to ask for too much. Year one. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I, I, you know, I, I, so obviously there is no religious component of Christmas in your lives. You guys are a bunch of Portland heathens, right? So you're not going to be saying a prayer between the trailers and the film, right? That's correct. All right. That's fine. Nissa, I won't ask you to point out the flaws in Rollins' plan, for they are obvious, but what do you propose alternatively? So I am totally on board with the spending Christmas morning with our respective nuclear families. You have children? I, I, I do have children. Are you, all, are, you, are you married to a human? I am married to a human. All right. And how many children do you have? I have two children. All right. And you, you lavish them with gift upon gift, spoiling them the way <laughs> Roland hates Um, my children are actually very young. My oldest daughter is two, so she doesn't really understand presence. And my youngest is five months. So she barely knows what's going on in the world anyway. So we will probably. Congratulations. Congratulations (laughs) on your family. Sorry, I forgot to congratulate you on your family, Roland. Um, but that's lovely. Uh, so, all right. So spending Christmas at home, Mm -hmm. not going over to grandma. And then what? Well, so after we do presents with our family, we will go to my mother-in-law's house and do Christmas with my husband's side of the family, which Mm -hmm. um, is going to be just like a brunch and presents type deal. Mm -hmm. And then come back to my house where everyone is invited to come over at around three o'clock maybe. Mm -hmm. And I will provide Christmas themed cocktails and I'll provide all the food mm-hmm. and 
I will make a separate TV room available for my nieces and nephews or Mm -hmm. brother and sister-in-law who may not be interested in spending time with grandma Mm -hmm. so that they can watch Christmas movies or they can watch Netflix or they can just hang out and talk crap about us if that's what they want to do. Why doesn't anyone want to be with your grandma? Here's the deal. Oh boy. No one wants to <laughs> No one wants to avoid grandma. We love grandma. She's very sweet. But How it's old is it's she? like 94. Wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um it's it's like Rollins said that You're saying she she had her time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about grandma. I don't think she even enjoys the Christmas anymore. I don't think she does either. Tell me about how grandma's going to feel. When you let, when you drop the bomb on her that you are canceling Grandma Christmas after ninety four seasons, because <laughs> it's time it's time for a soft reboot of Christmas, a reimagining of Christmas at your house. I think, I think she will be relieved that she doesn't have to have all of us over and clean up after us and uh, put out all the same decorations because every year she seems to be more and more overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. So I think have that you discussed it with her. I have floated the idea. Yeah. Um, she has seemed to be okay with it. My mom and my aunt seem to be fighting it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so your grandma does all this stuff herself with my, well, my mom and my aunt help a lot now. Oh, okay. All right, good. So she seems to be okay with it. Your mom and, and your mom's sister are fighting it. What, what, what form is their fighting taking? Um, for example, when I first brought up to them that Roland had planned on going to see Star Wars on Christmas, they said, good idea. Let's just hold Christmas on another day. <laughs> Did I not tell you that? So to them, Christmas means this specific 12 hour board game and joy endurance test. Exactly. That it has to happen no matter what. That is exactly correct. So they're willing to say, okay, you guys do whatever you want on the 25th. We'll do it on the 26th. Exactly. And only the trick is that because, you know, we both have wives and in-laws and things now. So we have talked ourselves into showing up later to Christmas now. But if they hold Christmas on a separate day, we'll have no excuse. We'll be there, you know, sun up, sun down. Mm-hmm. And do you have other siblings who are in a similar conundrum or is it just you guys? There might be cousins, but, I, but, but as in every aspect of life, who cares about cousins? Right. <laughs> the no, it's just I, us. Yeah. I, know that there are, I know that there are regions and places and cultures in the world where, where cousin kinship is meaningful, but uh, not in my court. May I, may this I gets ask, too confusing. May yes, I go ahead. Question? Was there Please. ever a time when you were younger, perhaps, where this all-day Christmas was enjoyable for you? I will absolutely agree to that. Um, our, our parents are divorced, but when our Ugh. parents weren't married. <laughs> All right, shut <laughs> it down, everyone. Shut down the podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. This is a family podcast. We don't acknowledge divorce. So, oh, so, you know, goodbye. <laughs> now, look, I know I'm the bailiff, but I refuse to bailiff for uh, a marriage that is uh, an unsanctified. That's just well, my beliefs. <laughs> and even Paul, though this is my job. Fake, 
You've I'm, taken a fake oath to to uphold the fake law. I'm sorry. My my religious <laughs> convictions prevent me from fake bailiffing. All right. I hold oh, you. Also, those are fake court. too. My religious convictions. Right. <laughs> I hold you in. I hold you in real contempt of fake court. Oh dear. Uh, but unfortunately, I still need you to to just keep things running. So I'm going to put you in that cage over there. You got it. Bow, 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 bow. Just a little. Well, do you remember how in Barney Miller they had a cage in their office that they would keep criminals in? Yeah. That can't be true for most detective squad rooms, right? Where there's a jail in the middle of the office. I would, I would imagine not. I mean, it made for funny comedy, but terrible, terrible workplace order. Remember when the one guy thought he was a werewolf. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Paul, you go in the cage. Uh, where, where were we? Oh, right. So your parents were divorced and that's fine. Okay. Yes. Um, so, so how did that, how did that, uh, uh, reflect upon your Christmas experience? Well, yeah. So you were saying, did we ever enjoy it? And I remember clearly that when my parents were still together, my dad would always make me and my brother leave with him at around, you know, right after dinner. And I was always like, why I want to stay and be with the grownups. And then I found out, you know, later after they got divorced and I had to stay till the end, that the end was almost the worst because you're so exhausted after the whole day. And so I found out later how smart my dad was that he was like, nope, we're, we're out. What? So what is so exhausting about this? <laughs> is there a physical component to it that you haven't revealed? <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's like Roland was saying that the forced conversation and the forced politeness and the, you know, going over our lives minute by minute in order that we can fill the time. If you despise each other so much, why are you bothering to celebrate Christmas together at all? Listen, it's a tradition. <laughs> that is exactly That is yeah. correct. I mean, that's, so like, so like year after year. Oh, I feel sorry. like you've never heard of Christmas before. <laughs> well, the idea well, I know that, that's not true. You're a Roman Catholic from yeah, Philadelphia. Of course, of course. Of course, you sell, of course you know what Christmas is all yes, about. You get yes. together with increasingly, <laughs> with increasingly distant and often increasingly deranged extended family members <laughs> and have to pretend like you're interested in one another. Very oh, rarely is it so. May, may I ask this? Is alcohol a component of this Christmas at all? Good question. You know what? You're out of the cage. Come on. Back. Oh, I did it. Um, yes. Does that make it uncomfortable? Yes. Mm. And without naming names, <laughs> <laughs> does it get routinely uncomfortable at a certain time of the evening because of the same group of people every year? Correct. Nailed it. And uh, other question. Do you have to dress up for Christmas? No. All right. So it's cash. Very. And who's forcing careers board game on everybody? Who's responsible for that? Um, our aunt and our mom, they tend to play games that they can, they can win. Mm -hmm. Like for, for example, like, for example, like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> ah, crux found. <laughs> Ring the crux gong, Mark McConville. <laughs> I'm glad that we arrived at the crux after the beef, because you know what they say, 
crux before beef. Just go to sleep. Uh, beef after crux. This show sucks. Okay, now I think we've we've really gotten into it, and uh, and all kinds of things have been illuminated to me now. But I have to ask I have to ask you two things, Nissa. One. Okay. Uh, you're asking me to order your brother to come to your house on Christmas afternoon for the new tradition that you are starting. Can he see Star Wars in the morning with his kids before he comes over? Or do you want him to not do that at all? Well, he, he is a free human and he can do whatever he wants, but I would really enjoy going to see Star Wars with him because when we were, when the prequels came out, we went and saw those together. You survived that trauma together and you have something of a Stockholm Syndrome relationship with the franchise now and you want to go do it again. (laughs) That's exactly it. That's exactly Uh, it. There are many in your shoes, including me. Uh, Next question. Uh, If you hold your alternative Grandma Christmas light at your house in the afternoon, do you expect your mom and your aunt and your grandma to come? Do you think they will do, they, they will come to your house? And then do you think they will just hold crazy Christmas the next day? No, they will, they will absolutely come, but I think that they will not, they, they will be satisfied with this, with Christmas light. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you don't, okay. They're not going to, they're not going to hold their, their marathon Christmas out of protest and expect you to go to that as well. No, they'll probably hold the morning part of it together, um, but I won't have to go to that. So, all right, uh, great. And um, and uh, Roland, uh, why not go over to your sister's house for the afternoon and get some free food and be a be a son to your mother and a grandson to your grandmother? While I recognize the uh, importance uh, that is placed on the day by them uh, to have my presence there while we all eat at the same time, uh, I feel like I can effectively show the gratitude and goodwill and love towards my family uh, throughout all of the holiday season. It does not just have to be during the meal on one arbitrary day. And there's exchange of presents at the meal that goes on, and that's a tradition in this thing? My understanding? Uh, yes. Well, that comes first, typically, but before the so meal, I mean. Everyone, everyone, everyone exchanges presents, and then you have the meal? You're not sitting at the dinner table? No, that's the thing, is there's far too many gifts to fit at the dinner table. All right. Roland, you keep saying far too many gifts. Give me some, give me some specific numbers we're talking about. What is far too many gifts to you? Dozens per person. Dozens of gifts, wrapped gifts per person. That is correct. What did you get from, from everyone? So you're getting a dozen gifts from everyone in your family? No, no, no. I just mean each person has dozens of gifts to unwrap. Ends up with dozens of gifts. Correct. So tell me, as best as you can remember, all of the crap 
that was given to you by your dumb family members is an expression of their love that you hate and wish you hadn't gotten, starting with whatever Nissa gave to you. Another crux found is that I can't remember, which is part of it. Like, if I can't even remember a year in the future, they are not terribly meaningful. And probably most of them went away with the condoing. It was so much garbage that you don't even... Nissa, do you remember what you gave them for Christmas last year? I do. I gave you that special Stumptown oh, brewing kit true. with the special coffee and the special cups uh, that you it, took to Iceland. You did give me that, and that was a thoughtful gift, and I've used it several times, and I still have it. Too bad you Take couldn't that. remember. Too well, bad you couldn't remember when the time came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's going to hurt me. I'm just, you know, awkward moments like this are what the holidays are all about. Okay, I think I've heard everything that I need to hear. I'm... I am going to slide down this chimney uh, into my chambers and uh, contemplate this case just a little bit more, and then I will return with my verdict. Bailiff Paul, take it away. All rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Nissa, what do you think your chances are here? I feel actually very confident. Yeah? I was, I was nervous that the, the nerd factor of seeing Star Wars on Christmas would just automatically lose me the case, but... <laughs> That doesn't seem to be happening. Now, you're, you're a listener of this program, right? Yes. But you thought that, that as soon as Judge Hodgman heard Star Wars, he'd say, to hell with family Christmas. Everyone should go see. He was going to order you to see the movie. Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like I know what Judge Hodgman is going to rule, and then sometimes he just comes out of nowhere and... I never know. He is a mystery to us all, and his motives shall never be revealed in this world. Rollin, what about you? What do you think your chances are? Um, yeah. I thought that I had a, a, an edge coming into it. Um, For the same reason that Nissa said? <laughs> well, no, not necessarily, but just because I feel right. Um <laughs> That does. I can see how that would be an edge if you felt, well, I'm right. I think that's going to win me the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did hear uh, definitely a discerning tone of uh, disagreement when it came to me saying uh, things like, I don't want to speak to my family on Christmas. <laughs> that does sound... Uh, it does have a touch of grinchiness to it. Well, uh, I understand aligning myself with that character is not the best strategy. <laughs> well, we will find out who's right and who's wrong. We'll be back in just a moment with Judge John Hodgman's decision. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. 
It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. All rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Please be seated. So I've been thinking in my chambers, and my basic feeling is, and indeed my order, to hell with Christmas. Everyone go see Star Wars. Goodbye. <laughs> no, that's not true. Fake verdict. Of course, of course not. How dare you think that of me, Nissa? About I'm so sorry. How dare you? How dare you think that I would be such a nerd for Star Wars of all things? <laughs> if if Rollin was saying uh, I want everyone to go see um, Miller's Crossing, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty out there, but maybe. <laughs> Star, Wars, Star Wars isn't a Christmas... This is a thing, you guys. Star Wars is not a Christmas movie. Like Miller's Crossing is. Well, that was a bad example. But I, Miller, I, Miller, to be fair, Miller's Crossing kind of feels like a Christmas movie in a strange way. It, it does well. They're singing Danny Boy, which uh, is not a Christmas song, but feels like one, right? Absolutely. It all feels right the way Roland feels right. All it's missing is jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you were saying uh, I'm gonna we're we're all gonna go see we're all gonna go see what's the best Christmas movie? Paul Die Hard. 
Goodfellas. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Star Wars, first of all, I'm not that much of a nerd for Star Wars, right? Because I think we all agree that the prequels were exactly what you get when an incredibly brilliant but complicated mind has no one telling him no. And, uh, and it's, it's, there, there are three complicated works of art that basically uh, uh, changed the whole, I don't why am I going on this Star Wars thing? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Star, Star Wars is one piece of juvenilia that is not as important to me as it was as when I was a juvenile. And it's never been a never been a Christmas tradition. Star Wars never comes out at Christmas time. It comes out on the May the Fourth, of course. It's a summertime movie, for heaven's sake. So, no way was I going to just be swayed just just on account of Star Wars. Although maybe next year when Ryan Johnson's Star Wars Episode Eight comes out, if that comes out on Christmas, I might go see it that day. I have to tell you. <laughs> now I'm not against seeing a movie on on Christmas at all. In fact, as someone who used to work in a movie theater, I saw many movies on Christmas, and then enjoyed Christmas in different ways after that. But uh, it's a lot of fun to go to the movies on Christmas. A lot of fun to not celebrate Christmas. A lot of fun to do all kinds of different things at Christmas. Paul, how did you celebrate Christmas as a kid? Uh, we would celebrate at my family's house, my mom and dad's house. And, and there were six of us kids. Uh, and as we, as everyone got older and started their own families, um, we got the, the amount of time... Uh, where the whole family got together was less and less. So right. we wouldn't and always do dinner together. Sometimes right. we'd just like have a dessert together or whatever. But people would open their presents at their own homes, um, and then we'd, we'd probably all get together for dinner. And now you are a grown man with a lovely wife, and you have no children, and you live in California. That is true. How do you celebrate, and do you still celebrate uh, uh, the feast day known as Christmas? We do. We go to uh, uh, my wife's family's house in South Carolina. We, we celebrate with her mother and stepfather. Right, and, uh, and that's fantastic, right? No wintertime. Yeah, it's lovely. It, it's, just, hanging out. it's just cold enough to feel like Christmas, but it's not as freezing cold as it, as it was where I grew up. Um, and it's, uh, it's lovely. It's, it's, we enjoy making the time for it every year. But as time passed from when you were a kid to when you were a young adult to when you were an adult, your Christmas traditions as an individual and as a family changed and evolved, and your family as a whole tended to accept that, no? That is correct. That's because your family is normal. Now, Nissa and Rollins' family have a real problem. <laughs> they have a real gift, a real amazing gift, is that they have a 94-year-old grandmother mm -hmm who is still, it would seem to be, in independent and willing to host Christmas. This incredible and profound generational gift of knowledge and wisdom and love and care uh, that they can interact with and, and who would probably would like to see their grandchildren. Uh, but Roland and Nissa are just deciding to spit in her face and say no more. <laughs> and the reason it has come to this is that the Christmas that is being presented to them as an obligation, as a familial obligation for so long, is onerous on its face. 12 hours of solid cheer is a lot. And that's a family tradition that happened probably organically. It grew to that. But now I think that on its face, intrinsically, it is too much 
damn Christmas, everybody. Sorry to swear. Children who are listening while driving their cars. Damn Christmas was a bad thing to say. Don't ever say it. And stop driving. You don't have driver's licenses. And consequently, the holding on to this, everybody come, which is a weird, it's a weird product of having this gift of an of a older independent uh, uh, relative, uh, weird, uh, and as well as probably um, a, a, a fondness for tradition that is generational in the family, and the weird geography that you all happen to sort of be in the same place. Do you know what I mean? Like, as a result... The, this tradition of Christmas has gone on for a lot longer than it goes on, and I think, in a lot of extended families. And it has grown to the point where it is a burden, I think. Um, because the truth is that you guys are grown-ups. You're, you have families of your own. This is precisely the time when the traditions um, around holiday observance and get-togethers, whether it is Christmas um, or Thanksgiving or, or whatever holiday you celebrate, you know, once you have children of your own, Christmas starts to change. And it just hasn't for a long time because for whatever reason, you, you both feel a little bit under the thumb of the weight of this 12-hour endurance test that happens every year. So I agree with you guys that it should end. As an empathic human being, you might wait until your grandmother passes away. That's a choice you could make. It's still, it's still amazing. But if she's cool with it, and it sounds like she is, and it's just your mom and your aunt hanging on to it, then I think it's entirely appropriate at this point in your lives as, as uh, family people, family man and woman, uh, to start creating your own traditions with the emphasis being on your own traditions. You know, what, what Roland is reacting to, I think, perhaps overly, is the profound obligation that seems to be either spoken or unspoken in your family that you're going to celebrate Christmas in a certain way. And even now, Nissa, as you are trying to set up your own tradition, one that honors the existing tradition, but also is just a little bit easier on everybody, the, you, your expectation that he be a part of it is so automatic that you have to come to fake internet court to get an order for him to go to it. Now, yeah, he's your brother, right? And presumably you guys have affection for each other bordering on love, maybe even love. And yes, there are all kinds of reasons that I could put to Roland for saying, you know, um, your family loves you. They want to see you at Christmas time. Um, your great grand or your grandmother is not going to see her great grandchildren for many more years, or that many more years, I should say. Um, it's, it's probably reasonable to think about being a part of a family Christmas tradition in some way that makes sense to you. But dude, if you want to just want to go watch Star Wars all day long and not see your family, that's okay. There are those people in every family. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who get left behind. You know, that weird, so the, 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 John, you know, like the, we, the weird people who, who bail on Christmas in families, you know, every time we all sit down to dinner uh, at our traditional way, we kind of envy those weirdos and creeps. They're still weirdos and creeps, though. I mean, no offense, Roland. It's a weird thing to do. But I can't order Roland to attend your afternoon Christmas, Nissa, any more than I can order your whole family 
to go see Star Wars with him and accept that as Christmas instead. That is madness, Roland. You understand that was never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. You know, like, even, even if you convinced your 94-year-old grandma that a man on a podcast told her she had to do it. <laughs> she was never going, never going to do that. It's not, it's not cool. And Nissa, nor can I order Roland to hold on watching Star Wars, even though you'd like to see it with him, because he's going to enjoy the benefit of his free agency and his breaking of the familial contract, he needs to, he's willing to transgress and throw Christmas away to watch a movie. That's what's happening, Roland, a movie. Hmm. Then, he, then he should enjoy the fruits of his transgression. You, you're the better daughter, obviously, but that's what you, that's what you pay for uh, virtue. So what it all comes down to is no. I have to find in Roland's favor that he can do Christmas any damn way he please. Sorry, children, cursing abounds in this holiday-themed episode. I apologize. He, can, he, ha, he, is a, he is a dad and a husband and a father who, with presumably within his own family, he has found a life partner who can endure his antisocial tendencies and his, and his stinginess with gifts, and they're going to create their own tradition now, I think, Roland, you should be a decent human being and go see your movie and then drop by your sister's for a while and give and receive a gift that is, a, that is appropriate and maybe isn't, you know, uh, uh, really expensive or anything, but is a nice gesture that she will remember. But I can't order you to even do that. That's not your thing. That's not your thing. And Nissa, I think you're going to have a really wonderful Christmas. And I think what's going to happen is that you are going to change the tradition. Your grandmother will get a break this year. Your mom and aunt will fall into line. And as you guys sit down, what do you traditionally eat at Christmas? Turkey, right? Yeah. Not a goose? No goose. All right. This year, a goose. As you sit down <laughs> to your goose, and there's that empty chair or chairs there for Roland and his family, which I order you to set. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that a holiday miracle will occur and the door will open and there the family will come in wearing all of their BB-8 costumes, <laughs> their Kylo Ren outfits, all those new characters that no one knows whether or not they're going to be great or go crazy like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and they will finally join you and step upon your goose and it will be a family Christmas after all. And if that doesn't happen, then there'll just be empty chairs and it'll be spooky and weird. And you'll acknowledge that your brother is going a different way. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Well, Nissa, how do you feel about the judge's decision? At first I was shocked, but I think that he definitely made the right decision. Roland, what do you think? That was a roller coaster for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, it seemed like at points, I mean, first he came off with that feint of saying that he found in my favor, and then he said that was a lie, and then he talked about all the reasons I was wrong, and then when he ultimately did, I, I just feel elated. Have you thought about the making the family spend Christmas on a roller coaster? <laughs> that is a genius idea. Now, I have, Roland, I have to ask you, what if this movie 
is disappointing. Mm. Will you feel that you have squandered Christmas? No. And here is why. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point uh, is to uh, start a new tradition. And um, if it turns out that this is another episode one debacle, then that will be something that I have learned. And next year we will not see episode eight. Although, as the judge pointed out, that will be Ryan Johnson instead of J.J. Uh, Lensflare Abram. Yes. And so... What, what happened there at the end? Uh, Were you I trying to say J.J. Abrams? <laughs> yeah, but then I said Abram S. Oh, I, I think it happens to him all the time. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know him personally. <laughs> okay. No, so, uh, anyhow, understood. understood. The, the, the point being, uh, I'm okay with it. Well, I, I would imagine you would be okay with it no matter what because you don't really seem to be taking anyone else's feelings into consideration about this at all. And in fact, well, the, a- whole, the whole idea of the new tradition is we go sit in a dark room and don't talk to each other. Is, is You could accomplish that without the movie even. Uh, yeah, but there's a certain ceremony to it. You could do that at home, though. You can invite everyone over, and then they all come in. They stand, you know, in the front foyer for a while, and then you say, all right, the show is about to begin. You just turn off all the lights, and nobody talks. Yes, except at the end, everybody's still in your house. Well, they have to leave, and they have to throw away their trash in a conveniently placed receptacle. Nissa, Roland, Misa, thank you for being on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, here in your chambers, I see you have a Christmas tree decorated with a bunch of clones. (laughs) Are Are they all clones? Of Boba Fett or Django Fett, I should say. <laughs> they're all they're all clones of Django Fett. Nice catch ball. Except 
except for this one Christmas tree ornament that I had delivered to me as a child that will grow in real time to adulthood. And that will be my successor. When the time comes to give up the Judge John Hodgman podcast, I am trusting that this clone of Django Fett will take over my podcast and continue on with the tradition rather than just going to the movies and leaving me to die. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, uh, Paul, for being here as guest bailiff. Well, we'll hear from you again uh, next week um, as we continue with the guest bailiff Arama as Jesse Thorne is out and about in the world doing all kinds of busy things. Um, you should listen to Bullseye, Jesse Thorne's uh, weekly incredible interview show that is on terrestrial radio. It's not just a podcast, but Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, hello. One of the busiest people I know, uh, and certainly among the very, very funniest and thoughtful, what are you doing in your life, aside from the things that I already mentioned before, or mention them again, if you want? Well, John, I'm going to mention them again. Spontaneation is my podcast on Earwolf, the Earwolf Network, and that is an improvisation and interview podcast, uh, which has been great fun to do, um, and we're... Uh, doing live shows monthly at Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood. Uh, and the next one is Saturday, October 3rd. My improvisers will be from uh, my TV show, Know You Shut Up, Drew Massey, Colleen Smith, and Victor Yared, all very funny people. And my special guest, uh, our interview guest, will be Susanna Hoffs of The Bangles. <gasps> oh my goodness, what a lovely woman. She really is truly terrific. She is uh, amazingly talented and sweet, and uh, we are going to sing a song together, which I'm very excited about. And these, we do special stuff for the live shows that the podcast listener does not get to hear, so we can sell tickets to the live shows. <laughs> Uh, and so, but if I do not live nearby Los Angeles or even in the state of California, eventually a version of this live show will appear in the Spontanea Nation podcast stream. Is yes, that, that correct? is correct. All of, so the, all of the live shows are part of the regular podcast stream and they all get to you for free. And so I better subscribe to it right now because first of all, I'm your friend and I should have done it a long time ago. And, so, and second of all, what if I were not your friend and just a listener? How would I do it? The traditional methods? Yes, we are on all the typical platforms and also on Howl.fm, which is a new uh, venture by Earwolf. Um, you can find a, a new show by, uh, by Superego, which includes me, called Superego Forgotten Classics. And that is a, a podcast where we take a classic work of literature that none of us have ever read and we improvise what we think it is about. I will absolutely subscribe to that. Uh, because I love the Super Ego podcast, even though it is a, pro a production of our dreaded enemies, Earwolf. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all great. We're all great pals here in the podcast world. I hope in the, in the spirit of Christmas and hating your family that you can overlook the, the eternal struggle just, just this one time. Paul, may I tell you and the listeners what I will be doing over the next couple of days? John, thank you for not making me ask. So uh, this coming weekend, I will be in full swing on my vacation land tour. These are all new funny comedy stories with a little touch of the personal thrown in that I am performing all around, not just this country, Paul, but the country of Canada, two separate provinces. This weekend, uh, I will be in Iowa City, Madison, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then the following Tuesday, September 29th, 
in Toronto at the Just for Laughs Festival. And depending on when this came out, it is either in your future or in your past that you might have seen me or could still see me on September 24th in Chicago as well. If you're curious and now confused about the order of dates in September, please go to johnhodgman.com slash T-O-U-R uh, and uh, you'll find out all the details about when I might be coming to your American, North American city, I should say, uh, and uh, and how you can buy tickets. And uh, I hope you I will see you because it is better when you are there. John, those are all wonderful cities that I have visited and hope to visit again, and I am sure they will all come out to see you and enjoy your show. Well, Paul, it's been such a pleasure to have you, and I think there's some more things that you need to say, and then it's all going to be over for this week. I want to say thanks to Adi Heller for suggesting this week's case name. If you would like to suggest a name for a future case, like us on Facebook. We regularly put out a call for submissions. Now, I say we, of course, I mean you people. I'm not here every week. If you have a case for the judge, submit it at www.maximumfun.org slash J-J-H-O. Or write me directly at Hodgman at MaximumFun.org or follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. And Paul, you have social media. Yes, I Tell do. me about it. P.F. Tompkins on Twitter and Instagram. I have a Tumblr and uh, I think I got a Periscope. I don't know about Snapchat. It scares me a little bit. Our producer, meanwhile, is Julia Smith. We are a, pr- a production of MaximumFun.org. And that, I believe, Paul, is all either of us has to say we should about thank Mar- Judge John. We should thank Mark McConville, the editor. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Any, anyone else that I forgot to write a thank you note, Dad? <laughs> Thanks to the baby Jesus for inspiring this week's episode. Oh, and by the way, Paul, thank you to you and your lovely bride for hosting me in your home so much this spring. It was fun being your adult son home from college at your house. John, we miss you, and you're free to bring a big bag of laundry anytime. Here I come. (laughs) See you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.